This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by ProFarmer. ProFarmer provides key information to help farmers make profitable decisions. Go to tryprofarmer.com for your free trial today. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. Just about all of us need insurance, but not all of us are adequately covered. It's sometimes difficult to know if we are overinsured, underinsured, or have missed some critical areas altogether. This week we visit with a man with years of experience working with ag operations, and he provides a perspective on the many challenges for landowners and farm operators, including liability protection, insuring fleets of trucks, and protecting against large claims. It's our topic for this week's Farm in the Countryside, and it's brought to you by ProFarmer. Start making confident marketing decisions with ProFarmer. ProFarmer's condensed style is designed to save you time while giving you the important information you need when making those important marketing decisions. And you'll stay on top of profit opportunities with ProFarmer's mobile sell alerts and easy-to-use mobile app. Start a ProFarmer free trial today. Just visit tryprofarmer.com. That's tryprofarmer.com. I've been on the phone and email with my insurance agent this past week. Thankfully, it was not because of a claim, but rather to navigate the needs of liability policies in a time of ever-increasing costs as well as increasing risks. I think a lot of us are evaluating how to protect assets and how to do it at an affordable rate. My guest this week is Kevin Charleston with Specialty Risk. You may have seen or heard Kevin before. He is someone who knows agriculture and insurance very well. We talked about a number of topics that I believe are important to many of us in the ag industry. I think you'll be interested in what he has to say. Here's our conversation. Kevin, first of all, thank you for joining me. Why don't you just begin by talking about your company, where you're based, uh, who you serve uh, there. I know you're based out of southwest Missouri, I believe. We're right here in Carthage, Missouri, in the very southwest corner down there, kind of where I-44 and 49 Highway Cross. You can go to Kansas City from here to St. Louis. You turn either direction or turn turn right, and you go to Tulsa or go south and go to Fayetteville, Arkansas. So we're kind of in the kind of the crossroads of the United States. Um, the majority of our operations are based here, actual day to day functions. But we have salespeople um, and and a lot of I'm learning I'm learning not getting good at, but learning how to have people work from home from the country to across the country to find talent where we need it. But we have we have. Uh, Probably about 75 people right here in this area. Uh, Carthage, Nevada, Missouri, Joplin, Sercoxy. Um, uh, then we have a office in Fairfield, Texas, down by Buffalo, Texas, between Houston and Dallas. Uh, uh, office in Purcell, Oklahoma. Then we have one in out in Cape Creek, Arizona. And then we have some absentee, I mean, when I say absentee, some other salespeople that work out of Colorado and then out in uh, California as well. Kevin, there are so many areas we can discuss, but I know one of them that you have on your mind is to begin with something basic, and that's simply looking at what entity is insured on your policy. Um, Many folks use a variety of business types these days. Uh, Maybe they have multiple LLCs or other business structures. And if I'm not careful, 
I can really have a negative impact on my ability to correctly ensure what I'm trying to protect. So I know that's one of the places you begin, I believe. Yeah, you can. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's agriculture or, you know, your, your homeowners or your, you know, if you've got a commercial business and, and, and this happens all the time, like you, you've got, like you just insert it underneath your name and you and your wife's name or whatever, when you start or the company name or an LLC for a, uh, a uh, farm and then you come back and you add a uh, you put all the land in a trust and you don't name that name on there so you lose your liability and you you really compromise the con- insurance contract by not having your name on there because they don't have a duty to defend that name if it's not on there well all the assets are truly the land typically i mean at the end of the day and, and even if you have a commercial business in town you, you go in there and you form an llc to own the land it's kind of a tax deal and you you, you lease it back and forth. You have to have that name on there to protect that asset from a liability and, and, they'll, and to pay on the property because whatever name's on the on the policy is what they're going to write the check to for the property. And if it's not correct, then it causes a whole big problem. You have to go. Usually you can work through it, but from a liability standpoint, it doesn't always have to be that way, and especially if you have an umbrella on top of that. So you've got a million-dollar underlying coverage and you put five or $10 million umbrella on top of it, which is very – very normal today to have a five to ten million dollar umbrella that uh that umbrella is not going to just because you're a good old boy reach down there and help you defend something that wasn't on the policy you need to really take the time and if you got a partnership with a neighbor or if you've got a a spray business that's got a different name and you don't have it correctly named on there you really have to make sure and make and, and get that sit down with your agent spend just a few minutes it doesn't take literally three or four or five minutes to get through that part of it. But it's the number one thing. And every time I sit down with somebody, I find out something that they didn't tell me about or they dug into. And, and typically most business owners or, or farmers are, they're very entrepreneurial and they've got something going on all the time and nobody wants to call their insurance agent, talk to them unless they have to. So it's kind of just part of the deal. You mentioned something there, an umbrella policy. Let's talk about your liability and how you best evaluate assets and what to protect do you have a way you sit down with people and determine the risks through their operation and then how do you begin to try and lessen that risk to the insured from a liability claim well you know you have to figure out what your personal assets are not just the company you're protecting and so and if they could get through the company to your personal assets and a good attorney typically can try and get that done or does try um so if, if you've got this little company over that's worth a half million or a million dollars and you're like, well, a half million dollar in liability is probably okay. You always have to remember they can, they can also hold that against your future income. So if they get a million dollar, a million dollar lawsuit against you, you only have a half million dollars worth of coverage. They can attach that against future earnings, not only the company, but any other future earnings that it can reach out to. So we really spend a lot of time. And then we talk to them, you know, if, if their personal wealth, it's something we don't know about. You know, they're an absentee owner on a farm or it's just an investment. We want to make sure that we have enough at, uh, protection to go back and reach reach back to uh, protect them personally where you have enough coverage because a good attorney is going to figure out the assets that you have. I mean, if I had one hired, I'd make sure he did. I mean, I mean that's just how it works. So as you begin to think through that then, how do you begin to advise people on how much liability they should carry? 
Uh, do you insure for the total amount of all of my assets, or how do you look at this? Because as you said, a good lawyer on the other side can go after as much as you have. Well, there's kind of two aspects to that. You know, some people are are, are of the mindset that if there's only one or two million dollars in coverage, typically an attorney might stop right there. And, and, and there's a good percentage of them that are. And I hate. To, I'm not trying to be critical of the law law profession, but they are a little lazy. It's really hard to go. Not lazy, but they're going to take the easy money first. And if you've got three or four million there, you know you got a million dollar underlying coverage and two million on top, which a lot of people have a one million on top, and with one underneath, so you got two. The mindset is that they'll stop right there if that's what what what's available if it's in a typical lawsuit. But there's a lot of times that the some of the juries and some of the meetings I've been in with different insurance companies over la- over the fall of last year. You're seeing awards of five to fifteen million dollars over something that would have been three hundred thousand, literally three or four years ago. If there's a child involved in any way or anything, we're seeing awards that are beyond what we've ever seen. And you know that a jury of our peers is not necessarily a jury of our peers. It's somebody that's emotional that never lived on a farm, and I'm talking from just a farm perspective, but. The thing that could have happened didn't, I mean, there's no negligence of anybody. It just happened. You were there. And I mean, and so you get pulled into it and, and we try and be real careful because the emotions of the, the juries today have taken over a little bit. Um, they think it's okay for you to pay three to 10 million on a deal. They don't worry about what that's going to do to your future generations, your farm and your family and your people. And, and, and I hate to say it, but there is value assigned to, what's happened and yes we want them to be made whole but not more than whole and that's a little bit uh, one of the conversations i had uh, especially with probably my one of my nationwide uh, adjusters it's really hard to predict what a jury's going to think and and if you know there's obviously a lot different thought process in the the 25 to 30 from the 20 to 30 year old thought process today it's a little different than it was in years ago. And it always has been and always will be as we evolve. And I mean, I'm not trying to pick at that. I'm, I, I, my point though is you're living, you're, you're going to live with the emotions of that jury and those decisions. And it's really hard to roll that clock back. So for an extra two or 3,000 for a million dollars. And so you, you know, for 10,000 for, and just depending on the risk and what it is, it might, it might only be a thousand for 5 million or well, really probably 2,000 on a farm, depending on how many autos and how big it is, and then it gets a lot bigger from there. But I can tell you that most insurance companies will limit it at $3 million right now because they don't want to be on the hook for more than $3 million, and I have to go find other umbrella carriers to go over the top of that because the majority of all your standard insurance companies, whether it's Nationwide, Travelers, Chubb, um, those are the three of the bigger carriers. They, they're trying to limit it from $1 to $3 million on it because of those – those kind of rulings we're seeing out there today. Obviously, none of us want to get into those situations, but sometimes, as you said, things do happen. It may not be any fault of our own, but you encounter many different claims out there that may be filed. Is there any common thread or something that you see that you would tell us to remember in order to help reduce the risk we might have from a large claim like that? You know, it. it uh, there's really not a good answer for that, and I'd love to tell you there was, because, but you know, you're 
farming and agriculture as a rule, um, our, our, our thought process of common sense is not the, the same typical thought process of somebody driving down the road that has no idea what we're even trying to do. And, and how, how do you plan? This is the part that's the most, the hardest part for anybody today is how do you plan for people that don't understand, you know, you're driving down the highway, you're over on the right side of the road, you're way out of the way, you're not causing a problem. You know, and they hit you and somehow you, you're wrong. They hit you. You got flashers on, you've got everything. But then some, suddenly you're becoming those lawsuit. I mean, you're, you're involved in a lawsuit and, and, the, the, the biggest thing I tell everybody to plan for today is the people, the unknown, the people that don't understand what we truly do. Because, I mean, we, we've, we've hired a lot of people in, in our office and, we, and we're trying to ha- hire every ag kid we can, every ag person. But I have a lot of people that come here and it takes them a little bit to even understand the value and what, what we have invested in, in agriculture. To, you know, it's a pretty small farm at three or four or five million dollars in assets at this point in time. Um, and they're getting bigger by the day, and, and they don't understand everything that we put into this. And so, when I, it, it, that's the biggest thing you, you try and plan for is trying to document. You know, we do a lot of safety training for our farmers now, and so we can say that they were documented in what they were doing. They, they, you know, in, in the off season, we do a lot of uh, defensive driving. You know, you know, about every farmer's got a semi now. You know, do we are we DOT compliant? Do we have everything in the truck, or do we? Is the truck been? You do a walk around and document every day. That's hard to do when you're doing day-to-day farming, but those are just some little things. Um, it, you have to plan for the unknown. That's the biggest thing I can tell you, and the uneducated to our world. We focused on liability so far, but another area that's impacting many operations is simply the cost of things. Prices have gone up for many items. Of course, second impact values we place on some of what we insure. Insurance rates may have gone up for some of us as well. So that makes us reevaluate what to ensure, the levels. So what types of conversations are you having right now with a lot of folks? Well, it, you know what? Every, everybody is tired of their, their agent showing up for the last three years and telling them they're underinsured by 50%. I mean, and I've been that guy, and gosh, I just, in the last two weeks, I've had three of those conversations where they're like, hey, we can only pay so much. So we're going to take some risk. We're going to do some things. Um and, and and we work at that a lot. You know, we want you to understand that that tractor that you bought for thirty thousand is now worth seventy five thousand. And and if we we sit down and we talk about that, you said, listen, I'm willing to take that risk. I'm going to stay at forty thousand. You know, we understand there could be co-insurance penalties. We understand that that we were at risk for more than you know. That's the problem. If it's if you got it for forty and it's eighty, um, unless it's a total loss, you may only get half the loss. So if you have a $20,000 loss on the track, you may only get paid 10 because he only had it insured for 50%, you know what I mean, half the value. And they understand that. They, As long as we explain it and they take the risk and they understand it, we document it between us. And we spend a lot of time talking about outbuildings right now because, it, I mean, just a simple barn is fifty to 100000 right now. And that same barn three or four years ago was would have been 30000 to build. You know, actually, you know, structural lumber has came way down in price, but steel has not yet at all. And especially all the, uh, I mean, just the simple things like trim on the inside of a building and and uh, stuff, you know, just all the things you need, doorknobs and door hinges and those things would have, you would have figured in 5000 before you might spend 15000 on all that stuff now. 
or 20 on simple building. It, so it, it's those things haven't came down in value yet. They're, it seems like we're working that way. Um, and it sure seems like that we're doing a lot less builder's risk today on million dollars and down projects. Now, the bigger projects, the five and $10 million projects seem like they're still moving forward. But a million dollar project and down, we're not doing a lot of builder's risk insurance for those. So that's, that's usually kind of our barometer of what's going on out there in the insurance market. Um, I mean, in, in the overall uh, um, economy, from an ag economy, you know, who's doing what and where. Uh, the, it seems like some of the bigger contracts are still moving forward, but you're not building a million-dollar complex of any kind at this point, typically. Um, that's what we're kind of feeling. A lot of operations these days have several trucks, uh, maybe of all sizes, some moving grain or livestock locally, others long distances. For some, it's even a side business with their trucking. Having those trucks on the road can be a liability. You briefly mentioned it earlier, but I hear a lot of talk these days on things people are doing to help limit risk, lower premiums when it comes to some of those trucks. What are you suggesting or what are you seeing out there? Trucks are the number one uh, target point for an attorney. They know immediately when you have a wreck. It's right on the scanner. I mean, so they're there before the before the ambulance part of the time. And I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm still not picking on their profession, but they're uh um, it is a, it is an issue with a truck. You need to have your, 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 your schedule maintenance documented. You need to have your, you know, your walk arounds documented. And in fact, we do a, we have a, a, a program we've helped build with a, one of our vendors. We have a QR code on the side of a truck where that you can scan it on your phone, walk around the truck and do a video of the truck. So they can't say that you didn't know. I mean, the, everything was in order when you left that morning. So after wreck, they can't come back and say, you didn't have that rider. We have a DOT inspection. You left this morning with a broken light because that is truly probably one of the drivers of the of the in the um, trucking industry is you get a, DOT, a couple DOT inspections. You get put out of service. They really start looking hard on your on your uh, your insurance cost. We we had a a couple of some cow trucks insured that we were doing working on a policy the other day for. I mean, it literally went from 70000 the year before to 180000 over some DOT being pulled over. Not losses, just their insurance score got moved down by being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And they have the nicest trucks in the country. No nicer. Couldn't be a nicer set of vehicles, good drivers. I mean, but we had a few issues there on, on some, uh, uh, and it's, it, it, it's just that's how impactful it is right now that you have your your stuff in order and your you know all your inspections are clean. You're they're going to always find something. Don't get me wrong, but if they're limited and and not of great value, we typically can help them you know work through that. But it's really nice. We we try and use it on those uh those fleets that they can use that QR code and it has your insurance. I can change your insurance card in your truck basically on the QR code from my office right immediately. So. That hasn't really taken off huge with some of our customers, but some of the others it has, and it's a really nice tool that we have available. I see a lot of dash cams in trucks these days. Is that something you recommend as well, or are there other things to think about? You know, if you're not following all the procedures, maybe that, that gets complicated. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to, but I'm just being honest about it. And we all know that issues. You're you're you're, you're during the the harvest time, and you're running hard and. You typically within two miles of the house, 
you know, two to two to five miles, 10 miles, 15 miles would be a stretch for most farms, 25 miles out west to 50, you know, for some, and maybe a little farther than that, but the majority in the, from like, you know, Iowa and Missouri, and they don't typically get over about 10 to 15 miles from their farming standpoint. And, you know, that can get a little complicated during that time. Um, but, you know, if you got trucks on the road every day that are, they're, they're going out every day that they're, you know, it's in the, you know, once the harvest is over, you start hauling out and you, you've got, a, you know, three or four consistent trucks. You need to have everything well documented, all your maintenance, your driver training, your, all your safety maintenance and your, you know, your, your driver, your driver training is critical, you know, then it's documented. We do it where it's on a computer, a lot of it now. So it's videoed. We can play it back and say, listen, here it is. This is what, what they went through. And here's the video of it. Um, that plays well in court. If you have an issue, we, we, we did everything we could do. It was just was an accident. Things just happened. You know, that road was wet that day and there was the good Lord made it wet and there's nothing I could do about it. We weren't driving over the speed limit. We weren't driving. It just, things just happened. So that's, that, those are the things we're trying to help people with. When that day happens, it's really not such a big issue if you've got some things documented. Kevin, in the time we have left, I'm interested in other topics that seem to be at the top of your list or maybe topics that others are asking you all the time. There's always so much to stay on top of, and you live this every day. So for those of us that don't, what things might we be missing or need to give some thought? You know, one of the things, we, we, we kind of live down here in cattle country. Um, majority of our farmers down here farm and have cattle there there would be way less that would have only cattle. I mean, only uh, crop and crop would only be crop farmers down here. And those people, um, we're doing a lot of what's called livestock risk protection on those cattle. So we can even, in, we can give you a price protection on a cat, unborn calf for this spring for next fall right now. So this market's pretty good. You know, we've haven't had a black swan event for a year now, year and a half. Um, so that's one of the things we're trying to help our farmers, you know, our, 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 when I say farmers, more of a rancher, you know, if they've got two or 300 cows, give you a little price protection. It's not super expensive. We kind of put a bottom side on those cattle. Um, and that's a new product. It's, it's been out for probably several years, but the government started subsidizing a little bit higher level. And, and we've really helped, man, we've wrote a lot of checks for, you know, that market was really good back in the fall, back through, I think September kind of is when it started breaking back. We got a lot of steers for next summer insured for 285, 283 on nine weight steers. Well, today they're worth 235. That's $450 less ahead. You know, and a lot of these guys are carry those steers through the summer. You know, we, we did a lot of that in the fall for them. They already had their inventory bought. We're just going to bring them along slow through the winter. That's been a huge deal for a lot of our customers, really help them protect that pricing. And then you get all the upside if the market goes up you get what the cattle bring. So it's not like you forward contract and limit yourself to the downside. So we've done a lot. That's been a big thing we've done. We've added the, well, I don't know how many, we've probably done 30, 40,000 head in the last six months on that, on that, uh, on those policies. And that's been really helpful to our farmers here, you know, and across the Midwest, we're all over the United States doing that. So. Kevin, I appreciate the time. I know this is a topic that just about every one of us deals with in some way. Hopefully, we don't experience losses or claims against us, but it's important to be prepared, and I'm sure folks can get in touch with you if they have questions on some of what we've discussed. So thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. 
I know Kevin is happy to help point people in the right direction if they have questions. And you can easily find his agency online. It's Specialty Risk, based out of Carthage, Missouri. Thanks for joining me on this week's show. Remember, you can follow Farming the Countryside on our daily show, American Countryside, on Facebook, Twitter, or now X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Just type in Farming the Countryside or American Countryside to find those accounts. And remember, you can hear these shows in a variety of ways at farmingthecountryside.com, on many local radio stations, or your favorite podcast platform. If you miss one of our shows, just use those platforms to go back and catch other topics of interest as well. We try to have a variety of guests who provide information impacting many parts of the ag industry and rural America. And please be sure to connect with me with your story ideas as well. I always enjoy hearing from you. I appreciate you joining me. I'm Andrew McRae. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. This edition of Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by ProFarmer. ProFarmer provides key information to help farmers make profitable decisions. Go to tryprofarmer.com for your free trial today.